eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Whether the action is at the link or the bank, there's never an off day on Broad Street. It's the biggest news of the day every day with takes from someone who's never short on them. It's WIP Daily with Joe Giglio. Welcome on in, WIP Daily, Joe Gillio with you. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following the podcast, of course, our YouTube page, 94 WIP. Check it out there. Video content, myself, L.A. Shore Parks, Jack Fritz, James Seltzer, the High Hopes guys, Go Birds, uh, Clap Your Hands, uh, all the podcasts. Of course, the best of on air at WIP. Openings to shows, check it all out there. 94 WIP on YouTube. All right, as, as we get set here, just a week away, from Phillies reporting and really teams around baseball reporting for spring training this season's not that far away. We got eight weeks until we're opening this thing up, and by next week, seven weeks, spring training kicks off. The season actually starts a week earlier this year when, when the midday show when we're down in Clearwater for spring training, March twentieth. That'll actually be the start of the whole season. You know, like the big the big league season will start then with the uh, Dodgers and Padres, I believe, in Korea, and then a week later, everybody else, including the Phillies. But we're not far now. The baseball is about to be back. And what's hitting me right now, we've had a lot of discussions on the show, on the podcast, the last couple of weeks about one more move the Phillies can make. And, and what's hitting me is the Phillies need to make one more move. I, I just think they're a player short. I felt this the entire offseason. I have not loved what they've done this offseason. Obviously, you know, there are caveats to this. And if you look on a list of, let's say, you know, the, the highest spenders this offseason across Major League Baseball, you're going to find the Phillies on that list, and that's because of one player, because they re-signed Aaron Nola, which, great. They needed to bring back Aaron Nola or get a comparable pitcher. They needed to do that, and they did it. Now they did try for Yamamoto. It didn't work out. He wanted to go to the Dodgers. It seemed like, reportedly, they made a really good offer to Yamamoto to bring him here, and that's they should. I mean, they should be in the market for those kind of players to bring 25-year-old potential aces to Philadelphia, but they didn't get him. So as I look at the team, it's basically last year's team all over again, and I felt that player, or that team, excuse me, was one player short. 
my mind hasn't changed. And in fact, when you subtract Craig, Craig Kimbrell from the bullpen, and not that I think any of us wanted Craig Kimbrell back, but I would have liked a comparable arm to Craig Kimbrell. I don't think the Phillies have done enough this offseason. And yesterday, Picota, that's the baseball prospectus um, projections for the season. It's, they put out their projection, their projected standings, what they think based on the teams right now, the standings will be at the end of the year. And they have the Phillies at 84 wins. Now, I think that's low. I would put them closer to 88 to 90 wins and, you know, more of a team that will comfortably make the playoffs rather than be just in the muck to make a wild card spot. But Pakoda, I think it's noteworthy, has them in 84 wins and not even in the same ballpark, not even close to the Atlanta Braves in the NL East. And here's what I want. And, and the Phillies have a week or more. It doesn't have to be. Like, there's no rule. Remember when Bryce Harper signed in, in, in you know, spring training? There's no rule you have to have your roster fully set. It's like training camp in the NFL. I mean, a couple of years ago, the Eagles got Chauncey Gardner-Johnson in August. There's no rule you have to have your roster fully set by the time pitchers and catch report to spring training. So when I say they have a week to go, it's just kind of a loose thing. We know they have they have whatever. I mean, it could be before opening day. Obviously, if you're going to get a player, you got to get them ramped up. But the Phillies have you know, a little bit of runway here to finish this offseason strong and to get one more big player. And, and here's what I would like to enter the season with. I would love to be down in Clearwater, March 20th, March 21st, great time of the year, beautiful weather. We're a week away from opening day, ton of expectations for the Phillies, you know, March Madness going on, a really cool time in sports, a month away from the NFL draft. And I would love to say, to open a show and to come out on WIP one day and say, I believe the Phillies are going to win the NL East. That's, I want to say that. I want to believe that, that they could do that. Right now, I don't. You know, we go into the year, and I think it's, it's very similar to what it's been in years past, which is the Braves run this division. And the Phillies are a good team, a competitive team, certainly a dangerous team in October, but not a team that over 162 we actually think will upend the Braves to win the National League East. I want to say that. And and I know you're probably thinking, well, Joe, it doesn't really matter that much. Look at the Phillies last couple of years. They got in as a wild card. And they beat the Braves both times in the National League Division Series. And I, to that, I say yes. But we're playing with fire. If we think the Phillies are going to go from the wild card to the precipice or in or winning the World Series three years in a row, I think that's challenging and difficult. It's baseball. The more series there are, the more likely you are to get tripped up. And I know that we've watched the opposite the last couple of years, specifically with it with Atlanta. They have not. They have won the division, and then the bias hurt them, and they've come out and been sluggish and all those kind of things. So it's actually had the opposite effect. But I, I tend to think sports life, whatever, things tend to even out a little bit here. And at some point, the wild cards are not going to beat the 100-win division winner in the division series. It's probably going to flip the other way. Now, hopefully, it's the Phillies winning the division this year, and they get the bye, and they have to play one less playoff series. At some point, it's going to flip. This thing is going to even out a little bit. And I believe the Phillies are just, it's a lot to ask. It's a lot to ask. And then the other part of it, of course, is if you're always the wild card, you could get upended in the wild card series before you even get to see Atlanta or whoever in the division round. So I look at the team. And as I look at the order, I think they're one bat short. I am not holding my breath on Johan Rojas hitting enough to be you know, worthy of, of playing every single day. I still have question marks about Brandon Marsh as an everyday player, although I think he's made strides. But I look at Marsh and Rojas, and I think that's a perfect platoon. So I, if I could get another outfielder like, you know, a Cody Bellinger, 
That's now we're talking because Rojas's defense, either in the games he starts against lefties or late in games, really beneficial. Marsh defense in, in left or center, and he's a fine at center or left. Plus, what he does against right-handed pitching, really beneficial. But if Marsh is playing every day, and he's got to play against lefties, I think that will knock down how great he is or how good he could be. If Roas has to be overexposed against big league pitching, it will knock down what he is, what he could be. So there's all these elements out there. They need another bat to add to this mix here. Yes, there is the hope and maybe for some people an expectation that Trey Turner is going to be closer to MVP level Trey Turner than replacement level Trey Turner, which was the two Trey Turners we saw last year. I'm not under the belief, and you won't be shocked by this, I'm not under the belief we're going to see Trey Turner play like an MVP for a full season. I don't know if those days are ever coming back for Trey Turner. Now, can he be good? Yeah, and I think the expectation should be that he's good. I mean, this is only year two of a $300 million deal, but I'm not, I'm not thinking he's going to dominate the National League from start to finish. Bryce Harper? At first base, I think he could have a monster season, you know, as the power came back in the second half. Bryce, I'm very bullish on this season. There's not a great backup catcher here. So is JT Real Muto going to have to play a lot? How does that affect him down the stretch of the season? Is there another level to Bohm and Stott? Perhaps. I certainly think there probably is one to Stott. I'm not sure on Bohm. Schwarber, I have no worries about. Castellanos, I never know what I'm going to get. But as you go through the lineup, it's like, yeah, they could use one more guy. And then you get to the pitching staff. And this is where I, I actually look at them and say, I'm a little more surprised. Like, I, if you sit me down with Dombrowski and Rob Thompson and we go over the ex- expectations for each player as a whole, as a unit, the offense, the defense, the pitching, I could probably buy the idea that the offense will be naturally better because Trey Turner will be overall better than he was last year. Bryce will be overall, um, you know, more volume there than last year because he didn't start till May and the power didn't come back till basically J- July, August. So I could buy all that and maybe some natural improvement from Stott and Boehm. I could buy all that and, you know, they could tell me and, and sell me that the offense will be slightly better overall because of what we just talked about. I'm in. I, I get it. I'll, I'll acknowledge it. And I'll accept it. And even though they lost Reese Hoskins, they probably would say we didn't have him last year anyway. And that's the truth. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the pitching staff that I think they're playing with a little bit of fire here. And it's why yesterday we had Howard Eskin on the Midday Show and he mentioned Jordan Montgomery as a possibility here for the Phillies and they'll get another pitcher. And the Phillies are not poor in the pitching department. Actually, they're better than that. They were fourth in the National League last year and runs allowed. They, they are an above average pitching staff. But I look at the Phillies as a thin pitching staff where – it's almost like skating on thin ice. If it all works out to plan, the Phillies will once again have a good pitching staff, limit runs, and coupled with the expected offense will be a really good team. But there's not much depth there if things don't go the way we hope. Ranger Suarez has never thrown 170 innings in a season. Zach Wheeler, although he's been pretty healthy as a Philly, does have a history of injuries in his past 
Christopher Sanchez has never done this for a full season, and now they're expecting the guy we saw from June on to be the guy in a prominent role. The number six starter right now is probably Kobe Allard, who if he walked into the room, you're listening to this podcast, and right now you wouldn't know who the guy is. He's the sixth starter right now. He's a cast off from the Braves, and the Braves have churned out a lot of young pitchers over the years. A lot of them have had success. They couldn't get Kobe Allard to pitch well. He has been a poor major league pitcher. He is probably the this team's version of, of Bailey Falter. Not horrendous, but is that really what we're looking for here? Okay. After that, I don't know. Is Mick Abel the next guy up who has been rocky in his progression through the minor leagues? He's still young. I'm not writing off Mick Abel being a, a major league starting pitcher. Uh, at some point, he was a first-round pick. Phillies were very excited when they took him. Uh, is he going to end up more of a four or a five? Probably than a one or a two, but you know, Mick Abel still has a chance, but is he ready right now? If an injury pops up, I don't know. And then you go to the bullpen. So Kimbrell's gone, but Kimbrell gave them, you know, 60 solid innings last year, all-star. You know, he wasn't a bad Phillies pitcher last year. In fact, he had stretches of excellence. Now we know he was out of gas totally, and, and the Phillies made an error in the postseason, allowing him to pitch at big moments, especially what happened in out in Arizona. But who's replacing that bulk, that volume, what he gave? Is that a Ryan Kirkering? Can they expect health out of Jose Alvarado, who had multiple stints on the injured list last year? As you play all this out, it's like, hmm, they need another guy. And you could go about that in multiple ways. I mean, they could sign a Jordan Montgomery, push Sanchez to the bullpen, more of a multiple inning roll out of the bullpen, and it kind of changes the pecking order of the bullpen and everyone – Goes in a different direction, just another arm. I like Hoffman. I like Alvarado. I like Kirkering. Kid Sir Anthony Dominguez bounced back. A lot of home runs allowed last year. You know, Matt Strom's a solid, solid pitcher who's, you know, capable of doing different things. Long man, started at the beginning of last year. Um, so there's different ways they could go about it. I just look at the pitching and I say, good, but let's make it better. I look at the offense and I say, could be good, could be very good, but there's some, some spots you're like, hmm, what am I getting there? So as I look at the Phillies, and there's got to be an objective after a World Series appearance two years ago, after a NLCS appearance last year, and let's face it, they blew it, they choked, up 3-2 at home against an 84-win Diamondbacks team. You have to win that series. There's no question about it, and they didn't do it. There's an expectation now that they got to close the deal, unfinished business for the 2024 Phillies, and I look at a team that seems content to be pretty good, to be good, and I want them to be great and perhaps they're leaving themselves and leaving the, you know, leaving their assets there or their trade pieces there for the middle of the season to see what they really need. And that's that you could do that, but you also run into a situation where there's competition. Someone else might want to trade for a certain player. And maybe another hole pops up and you have two and you can only fill one. I mean, that's not a perfect way to go about it either. And look at an offseason where Josh Hader was available. Look at an offseason where Jordan Montgomery is still available, where Cody Bellinger is still available, where there's still even depth pieces that aren't even close to as expensive. Tommy Pham. You know, Jacob Junis just went to the Milwaukee Brewers. All these guys were available. Corbin Burns obviously just went in a trade. Dylan C still available. There's been big players available. And I'm not even talking about the Dodgers giving $700 million to Shohei Otani to take a super team and make it even more super. There's been players available. I believe the Phillies have been too quiet this offseason. And I do believe if we're going to be having a legitimate conversation in South Philadelphia at the park in, let's say, you know, late October, again, the way we have the last couple years, well, if we're going to be doing that, the Phillies need another good player. And they need to go make a move 
And I would prefer one now so they don't have to a slow start, so they have a chance to compete all year in the National League East rather than wait till July. But the, the more Bellinger sits out there, the more I want him. The more that Jordan Montgomery sits out there, the more I want him on, in, in a Phillies uniform. And the more I look at this bullpen, I say, yeah, it, it, they've got some good arms, but boy, I could use one more guy that I could feel strongly about. I would have, t- I would have taken a role to Chapman. You know, even I got to see Trevor Bauer, of all names, tweeting he'd love to come to the Phillies on, on, a, on a minimum deal with incentives. I mean, there's players out there with a week to go in spring training. Dave Dombrowski, it's time to look up and realize I've got a good team. Let's make it a great baseball team. The Phillies, I believe the projections are probably a little low at 84 with Pakoda. But it is telling. It's not 89. It's not 90. And it's certainly not above it at Pakoda right now. They think the Phillies are a little bit better than an average team. If that's the case, they've got more work to do. The Phillies need to go add more before they go make a run at a third straight playoff run. And this time, closing the deal for a World Series. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following WIP Daily. NBA trade deadline tomorrow. I'm sure we'll have a lot on that, what the Sixers do. Bogdanovich, maybe Buddy Heald, I've always been a fan of. Maybe those are the kind of names we see in Philadelphia. And, of course, Super Bowl coming up this weekend. And a lot of Eagles as well as we get into a big, big, big offseason here in Philadelphia. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following WIP Daily. We'll talk soon.